No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord remembers Israel in the days of her youth. By following idols, she has forsaken the fountain of living waters and made herself broken cisterns. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 2 on Simply the Bible. It's been said that the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. As Jeremiah began his prophetic ministry, he dealt with matters of the heart. Jeremiah chapter 2, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem saying, thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal when you went after me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holiness to the Lord, the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. We need to understand a little about the historical context in which Jeremiah prophesied. Josiah became king when he was eight years old. At the age of 16, he began seeking the Lord. Jeremiah began prophesying when Josiah was 21, and Jeremiah was probably about 20 years old himself. For about five years, King Josiah had been purging Judah of the high places, destroying the carved idolatrous images, and breaking down the pagan altars of the Baals. King Josiah sought to undo the evil brought about by his father Ammon and his grandfather Manasseh. He did a tremendous job of reformation, but for the most part, it was only superficial. The hearts of the people were still unchanged. Therefore, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah to call the people back to himself in earnest. One of the most grievous emotions humans can experience is lost love. It's the subject of many books and movies. It's the reason for many broken hearts and many tears. Love freely given and then rejected brings great sorrow of the heart. When God wanted to reveal his love for his people, he compared it to a man's love for his wife. Like a man looking back to the time when his wife first fell in love with him, to the joy of the engagement, the planning of the wedding, choosing rings, when all she wanted was to be with him, so God remembered the days of Israel's youth. The Lord wooed Israel by delivering her from the terrible and horrific bondage of Egypt. She willingly followed him into the wilderness and entered the marriage covenant with him at Mount Sinai. And God recalled the joyous love of their betrothal. But now, after many years, she had left him for other lovers. In those former days, Israel was holiness to the Lord because she was set apart for him alone. God was at the forefront of their minds, and they were completely devoted to him. They were to him like the sweet first fruits of a beautiful vineyard. Her love for him was pure and undefiled. And God protected Israel. Anyone who came against her, whether Egyptians, Amalekites, or Canaanites, experienced disaster. 
no one touched the apple of God's eye. Now, the same thing that happened to Israel can happen to us. We can start out loving Jesus with all our hearts, but then we slowly drift away, like someone being carried away by the ocean tide. The drift from God is almost imperceptible, but then suddenly we realize we are far out at sea. I will not forget a time that our family went to Huntington Beach in California and our son Justin decided to go body surfing and I looked and he was close to shore, but then I looked again and he had drifted farther out. I tried to call his name, but he couldn't hear me and he kept going farther out. And finally, the lifeguard got his attention and and got him back into shore. But it can happen so easily. In the same way, people don't even realize they have drifted away from God. It's not like they've made a conscious decision to turn away from him. It's just that other things begin to take priority in their lives and their first love begins to wane. Once they went to church every time the door was opened, they absorbed the word of God like a sponge and they spent time with God in prayer every morning. But then they start making excuses. Lord, I'm really tired tonight. I'll do devotions tomorrow. And soon a week or two have passed by and they haven't even cracked their Bible. They say, I have other things to do this weekend. I'll skip church. Then a month swiftly flies by and they haven't been to church once. They don't feel any differently, but yet they have drifted from that close relationship they once had with the Lord. Jesus said to the church of Ephesus, I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. This was what happened to Israel. But they drifted so far away from God that now they were worshiping other gods. Verse 4, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What injustice have your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me, have followed idols, and have become idolaters? Their great need was to hear the word of God. This is the need for us today as well. Revival has been described as the Spirit of God coming upon the people of God through the Word of God. We need a renewed appreciation of God's Word if we want to see real and lasting change in our families, in our churches, and in our nation. It is very pathetic that God would have to ask, what injustice did your fathers find in me? In other words, where did I go wrong? Why have you left me to follow idols? God's heart was deeply grieved. Neither did they say, where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt? I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priests did not say, where is the Lord? And those who handle the law did not know me. Their rulers also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. 
God had delivered them from Egypt with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. He led them through the barren wilderness in the shadow of death where nobody could survive were it not for God's provision. He brought forth water from the rock and rained down bread from heaven. Then God brought them into the fruitful land of Canaan and gave them houses they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant, but they soon forgot the Lord. They defiled the land with their sins. They indulged in the detestable practices of the pagans around them. And that was what polluted and defiled the land. You know, so often people talk so much about the climate or the environment, and we should do all we can to take care of our environment. But there is a defilement that occurs from immorality, and that brings down the curse of God. So God lifted his hand of blessing and protection to get their attention. But nobody asked, where is the Lord? It would have been bad enough if the common people had forsaken God, but even the priests turned away from him and they did not know him. Moreover, the rulers transgressed and the prophets prophesied by Baal rather than by Yahweh. And since the leaders were corrupt, the people were also corrupt. Therefore, I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord, and against your children's children, I will bring charges. For pass beyond the coasts of Cyprus and see, send to Keter and consider diligently and see if there has been any such thing. Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. What Israel had done was unprecedented. In the entire pagan world, there was not one nation where the people left their gods for other gods because the worship of these gods was so ingrained in their culture. And yet their gods were dead and could do nothing. But Israel knew the true and living God and yet traded him for man-made idols. They exchanged their glory for what could never profit them. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God calls for the very heavens and probably the angelic host to be astonished at what his people had done and horribly afraid. The Hebrew word that is translated afraid here literally means for one's hair to stand on end. The Lord accused them of committing two great evils. First, they forsook Yahweh, the fountain of living waters. The Bible teaches that we are a three-part being of body, mind, and spirit. The body has its appetites to sustain the natural man, but the spirit of man is eternal and desires spiritual things. And the spirit is where we have fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. The mind will either be absorbed by the body appetites or by the spirit. While we all need to care for our bodies in order to sustain physical life, the body appetites can only be satisfied temporarily. The body 
and its desires will ultimately pass away, but the things of the Spirit endure forever, and only they can satisfy the God-shaped vacuum within us. That is why Jesus told the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Tragically, Israel had turned away from this never-ending supply of satisfying living water. And instead, by the work of their own hands, they made for themselves broken cisterns that could not even hold water. They were cracked. The idols they worshipped could not satisfy, they could not save, and they could not give eternal life. Now, if we would know ultimate joy and satisfaction, then we must come to know the source of life. We must thirst for the living water that Jesus Christ alone can give. The last invitation given in the Bible is Revelation twenty-two seventeen, and we would be wise to heed it. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. This is the matter of the heart, and it is the heart of the matter. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will return to 1 Chronicles and see what happened when David numbered the people. We hope you'll join us as we continue to study God's eternal word on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.